0: Building the fashion businesses of the future together. Welcome to the Future of Fashion Business. The Future of Fashion Business is about helping aspiring fashion entrepreneurs and designers start their own successful fashion brands by learning from the best, most experienced people in the industry. I am your host, Esteban Julian. For more advice and to learn more about how I started my own fashion brand, make sure you follow my fashion journey on YouTube at Esteban Julian. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Future of Fashion Business. I am your host Esteban Julian. And this week's episode was, I guess, a very, very important episode uh, that says a lot about where the direction of this podcast is going. And it was an episode that I really, really enjoyed recording. I know I say that about all of my episodes. I guess that that's just because I generally record, uh, I mean, enjoy all of my episodes. But this one was very special to me. Uh, and it was truly, truly a very, very interesting episode. Uh, I had the opportunity to sat, sit down with uh, Bailey Goldberg. Bailey Goldberg is an incredible artist that focuses on making rugs and knitwear uh, purely on commissions, but his work is incredible. I highly uh, recommend you check out his Instagram and his work. Uh, Link will be in the description of the episode, just in case you guys want to see it. And I really enjoyed having this this episode because this episode was really all about product. uh, And I really want to start having more guests that, yes, of course, we're still going to be focused on business because business is a very important aspect of the industry, but also be very, very focused on the creative aspect of it, all around product, great artists, and great creations. Because at the end of the day, uh, if you're in fashion or if you're in any creative industry, no matter how good you are with business, no matter how many MBAs you have, you don't, doesn't matter how many uh, doctorates for Stanford or Harvard you have, If it all starts with product. Okay, it all starts with the creators. It all starts with artists. That's why uh, creative directors or, 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 or artists or designers are so highly valued in these industries because people know that it all starts there. And I guess in a way, uh, the business of fashion is the business of product, you know, that's a good title for a new podcast right there. <laughs> and, uh, that's why I wanted to have these sort of conversation with somebody like Bailey. Bailey does incredible work. We had a conversation about purely his creative process, who he is as an artist. Uh, how he made a product that really made him different and how being completely focused on creative things that were really good and really stood out and things that he was really passionate about, the business aspect of it just sort of worked itself out. You know, the first sale sort of worked itself out. Everything just just followed this two process because again, everything starts with good product. Okay, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Obviously, you do expect a lot more episodes like this coming. I highly recommend, y'all yeah, you check out the uh, the video format of this episode. Just if you guys want to have something that's a little bit more engaging, it'll be on my YouTube channel. Link will also be on the in the description of this podcast episode. And yeah, I'll see you on the episode. And by the way, I know we we're having this conversation before we start recording, but we're going we're going to have people decide who's who's uh, quarantine hair is better. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have <laughs> Either to yours that. or mine. Yeah, but I already know I'm gonna lose that battle. But well, hey, at I'm, least I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a shot.
1: I branded myself as a quarantine hair guy, so I'm kinda
0: <laughs> like uh, in the lead. Oh, so so maybe quarantine was good for you in that way, even though.
1: Uh, yeah, you know, it's pretty good for me <laughs> overall. So <I> really. <laughs> even
0: in the in the hair branding aspect. Yeah. Exactly. Awesome, Bailey. Well, thank you for being here with us today. I'm very excited about having this uh, this episode. Now, um, I don't know if you managed to listen to some of our previous episodes. Usually, I'm more about the business part of the industry. I usually don't talk to people that are more creatively focused as much as I would like to. I would like to a lot more now uh, this year because obviously it's a very important part of the industry. Uh, so, I think I have spoken with a couple of creatives before, but. Uh, that in mind, you will be one of the first ones. So just to let you know that I'm very excited about the conversation that we're going to have, and I'm very grateful to uh, have you here.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me. I was like, I did listen to it beforehand and I saw it was mostly business. I was like, oh man, he's going to ask me about my taxes. I'm going to have no clue what to say. Like it's
0: not going to be good. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It's, it's actually going to be the <laughs> the uh, complete opposite. But uh, cool. now to, to start everything out, Bailey, like, why don't you tell us a little bit more about your story yourself? how did you get started? And feel free to dive into your story as much as you can, or yeah, as much as you want. I'm not, I know people are interested, including myself.
1: Yeah, for sure. I don't want to go, uh, you know, the whole two hour long thing. But basically, when I was younger, I mean, early as uh, middle school, I was like, I started printing shirts with one of my friends. We had like a brand for a while, like typical streetwear stuff, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, like printed T-shirts, nothing too like crazy, a little cut and sew here and there. Um, And then about by high school, I like decided I want to do my own thing, like hands-on stuff. Uh, And I got a sewing machine. I was like learning how to do that on my own. And that was like my thing for a really long time. And uh, I moved out to New York after school. I'm from California originally. Mm -hmm. And I was working out here doing um, like handbags uh, reconstructed from military garments. So like we were getting vintage military pieces, camouflage, stuff like that, taking them apart and uh, making handbags from them. And through that, I kind of realized like, oh, I don't know if sewing is the exact thing I want to be doing. But I knew from that that the creative industry was where I needed to be. Mm -hmm. And uh, just through that, like I got led into other creative outlets. And that's how I ended up where I'm at with rugs and now where I'm at with the uh, knitwear. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. And who were you in? uh, Because you did that transition. Where where was that? Where did that transition happen? Was it in high school? Everything?
1: Um, I don't I would say honestly, very recently was the like real transition into like, this can be a business and this can be a career that I do Mm -hmm. on my own where I'm not working for someone or like doing other people's work for them, you know, Um, I don't think in high school so much because in high school, I still thought I was going to go to college and get a quote unquote, real job and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. I'd say probably in the last two years was where that shift really happened. And I think it was honestly, probably towards when I made my first rug, I was like, oh, this is something that feels very unique and very much possible uh, to be my thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. And and what I mean is during during a, what point in your life did you realize that you wanted to be a creator, but a creator specific to this sort of uh, industry? Oh, um. Like at what point did you realize or not maybe realize, but like, well, like, you know what, I don't want to go to college. I want to focus on this. Like, where did you make that? When did you make that decision?
1: So I think the college thing specifically was right after high school. I had moved to New York and I was like, I'll get residency and college will be cheaper. Right. Um, And at that point is when I started working with the handbags and stuff like that. And I think that's where it clicked that Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, I can definitely manage to be in the creative field. I don't need to go to school and get a job, you know, doing something on the business end of Mm -hmm. the creative field and then it just slowly kind of worked its way up to where it is now
0: awesome and were you working on your creators creative skills from beforehand or did it all started from there
1: uh i think i wasn't super focused Uh uh, until i was here working that job with the handbags and stuff i think it was more just something i was interested in but i lacked like the discipline to actually get very like good and have very unique ideas and study it very deeply it was just like a hobby at the time
0: Okay. And do you think that discipline, do do you think it was actually lack of discipline or just maybe like lack of confidence in yourself? Or would you say it was Uh, just definitely like there was no lack of confidence. It was just, you didn't really focus on it that much.
1: uh, Honestly, I can be very confident, like to a fault. And I like always was like that, like borderline cocky and like kind of annoying about it. Uh So I do think it was just lack of like, oh, if I focus on this, it can be something. It was more like, if I do it, it might turn into something. And then through learning, like, you know, through trying to sell things actually and doing things on my own, that's where it was like, okay, discipline is where it's at. When I focused on things, that's when things go a lot better. Wow.
0: That's awesome. So in in (laughs) high school, you were more of the, you know, the weird kid that didn't care what people think. You just did this thing.
1: Uh, I think I like to pretend that I didn't right. care, but I definitely did. I was, yeah, right, I like right, to right. be like, uh, like my mom <laughs> would say, like, I was such a typical middle child because I would like try to do the things to get everyone's attention. Right. And like, I think that's like part of growing up is like, I still like getting attention, but it's like I don't have to like dye my hair pink and wear like a full pink outfit to do that now. It's like I could just make like a very classic shirt and people would be like, that shirt's really cool. And I'm like, thanks, you know?
0: That's very, that's, I mean, I I admire that to be honest with you, because I think, and and the reason why I'm talking about this is because, uh, my audience is a lot of people, you know, that are starting out in their Mm -hmm. sort of creative journey. Sometimes people that are a little bit more advanced, uh, executives, but mostly people that just either want to start something or they want to work in the industry. And for me, it never was like that. Like I never had that confidence. It took me Mm -hmm. a long time to develop. Uh, for me, I, I come from Mexico from a very, uh, conservative sort of background Mm -hmm. so for me pursuing a creative career was never, or or even a a career in the creative industry was never a possibility so when i talk to people like yourself that have always been like so confident about who they are and what they wanted to do maybe maybe to a fault as you said but always had like a like a clear goal in mind Mm -hmm. i find that super super admirable uh do you think or have you thought about how that has influenced your designs and how you found yourself creatively
1: yeah i think definitely because i will very much research something very deeply and figure out how by technical standards you're supposed to do it and then Mm -hmm. in my mind go screw it i don't like that they want to do it that way i'll like figure out what way Mm -hmm. feels better for me and i think like especially with my rugs if you were to like put mine next to a lot of other creators that are doing rugs right now, I think you can see these differences where you're like, maybe you don't know how it was technically done, but you see a difference in the final product. And mm-hmm. that's just because of how I approach it, I think.
0: Awesome. By the way, uh, make sure you check out Bailey's Instagram profile. It's Bailey X Goldberg to see uh, his product. It's incredible. Uh, and, and it's it's not usually my my creative style. I'm not usually into you know streetwear. I'm more mm-hmm. of a just just different type of, of, of thing. I can appreciate a lot, mm-hmm. but when I saw your work, I was like, wow, this this dude is is up to something. Uh, well, thank you. <laughs> what was what was when was the what was the first thing that you created that were you really really proud of? Like you know that one thing that you yeah. actually made you realize, you know what? I'm I'm into something here, and I'm 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 cool with this, you know.
1: I think I actually I have the photo on my Instagram, too. So people can scroll back and find it. Uh-huh. Um, I would say it was after leaving high school and moving to New York. Right before I started that job doing the handbags and stuff, I would go over to the, the person's house and just so he had like this really cool studio, like filled to the brim with industrial machines for like every different little type of sewing job, mm-hmm. uh, like very specialized machines. And we recreated the Dior Booktote, which is this really nice structured tote bag and we did it from a military duffel bag so it's this like beautiful olive drab Mm -hmm. thick canvas and we did it in like one night and it obviously wasn't perfect but it was one of those first things that i made that i could hold in my hand and be like oh this is a very refined piece like it's not like a weird fanny pack i sewed when i was in high school that had like really bad stitching or like things like that like it was a very thought through process Mm -hmm. and when i made that i was like oh this is gonna be this is something i can do Mm-hmm. Like, this is something I'm passionate about for sure. It very much like locked everything in for me. Okay.
0: And do you have any uh, sort of basic principles or sort of values that lead your, your design or creative process that, that, you know, make you, or is it purely intuitive?
1: Um, I mean, it's definitely intuitive, but I've been able to like, look into it as I go and like, see the things I think, mm-hmm. uh, I get very up in arms with myself if i'm like oh i'm about to cut a corner like why am i trying to you know like take the easiest way through this like i have to stop and it's definitely to a fault like my projects will take extra weeks when they really wouldn't have to because i go oh i want to order this tool instead or i need this type of yarn specifically mm-hmm. and it slows everything down but i feel like i get a better product in the end because of it
0: i agree i agree it's sort of the uh, the artist's uh problem where where, when starting a brand always is you know how can I balance the creative aspect while while still being you know reasonably smart on the business aspect of it all because it's sort of a sort of a weird dance right between you know not compromising the business aspect of it but also not compromising the uh the creative part of it now uh, would you say you're obviously very creative but would you say you also have a good business balance to uh to your work or is it is it you're just you put so much effort into your product that the results come organically
1: Um, I think I had to develop that, but I do think I have a pretty good grasp on it now. Mm -hmm. Like I haven't built from any pre-existing system to take orders and things like that. Like I try to do everything through direct message so I can get the most like organic process between the client and I. Mm -hmm. So that, because a lot of the time it is a commission. So I am putting out their idea Mm -hmm. uh, through myself. And yeah, so like I I did have to develop it myself and I Mm -hmm. feel like now I spend a lot of time planning the project before i would even touch it whereas uh in the beginning i would start the project and get halfway done and then have to send the client 15 photos and say should i do it this way should i do it that way what do you think because i wanted mm-hmm. it to be what they wanted yep. so now i'm i'm very methodical in the beginning of how many inches long do you want this what color is this going to be you know things like that so that i have everything written down and filed away so that i pull that out and reference it as I'm working. Yeah. So everything's just, just sort product.
0: of streamlined and process and you have yeah, the yeah, systems built for it. It
1: was definitely like the bumps and, and humps of trying to learn things, you know, the ups and downs okay. of having problems and then having to solve them. And now having a system set up for myself that helps awesome. avoid that as much as possible.
0: That's awesome. And when it comes to challenges, so what was the first biggest challenge that you had from a creative perspective?
1: Um that's a really crazy question and you, you can think uh, about I mean, it as much
0: as you want you know it doesn't matter if you're like yeah. 30 seconds just think about it i think yeah I, I find me,
1: that super yeah let me, let me take like two seconds so you said mm-hmm. the biggest creative or the first uh creative challenge
0: uh yeah so i'm asking you because when i when i started my own the first time i started my own fa- fashion project the first challenge that i had was creative you know it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> a business challenge it was okay how can i make my product good you know yeah based on who yeah. i am and the skills that i've got uh, and sure. then it was, you know, okay, so how can I deliver this? What, what should I price it? I don't know, whatever. But what yeah. was the first creative challenge that you had? Or what was, what do you think was the, the biggest first challenge that you had as a creator?
1: Well, I think getting people to buy stuff to begin with is like always just the worst <laughs> part of trying to start a business because it's like, you like shill to your friends and you finally get someone to order something. But then it's like, okay, who's next? Like, how do I get new people? Yeah, That is like a super obvious answer, I think. But I... Would say, I guess, because what I do is very hands on, like everything that I sell is something that I made myself with my hands. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, it just has a lot to do with maybe like, like right now I just started selling uh, sweaters and stuff like knit sweaters. Um, And my first order took months because I could not get my pattern right. I thought I had it. And then when I did the order, I didn't. So it's like starting it, restarting it, trying again, altering these numbers, doing things like that, I think has been my... Of, like my biggest problem and especially like my first problem mm-hmm. was like starting a rug and then it didn't come out right and having to do it again and things like that, where I just had to learn my process fully, mm-hmm. or maybe I rushed too much to try to get things done and then got stuck or got ruined and then had to start over.
0: Okay. And that was a problem that was introduced once you started having these relationships with, with clients or customers, right?
1: Uh yeah, definitely. Like when I was making something on my own and putting it out to sell it, that problem wasn't such a big deal because it, there was no pressure to it. It was like my own thing. And if it didn't come out right, then there wasn't a client waiting an extra week for me to do it again.
0: Mm-hmm. Sure. Awesome. And so the, the first you, you made the product, you developed it after, I mean, God knows how, how long did it take for you to make the, the first product that you were really happy with?
1: Um, I would say that would probably be during the handbag time. Mm-hmm. And that took a while. That took a few additions. It definitely was like we started selling them before I was 100% happy, but I had probably had to make five or 10 before it was like, this is a good product. Yeah. Where I'm like, I'm very happy with it.
0: Okay. So you, 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 you were happy with the first product, then you started selling to your friends and people that you knew first, right? Like that was the first thing. Well, I
1: think just like, you know, I've pretty much done everything through Instagram from the beginning anyways. So it's like the people who were there were already like friends or friends of friends and things like that. So it was kind of easier to get those and then obviously as a business you grow and you start getting people who, you do, who don't know you at all you know
0: and those people that didn't know you what it, what what was sort of the the strategy was it also organically like somebody knew them or somebody knew somebody that knew them or how how, how did that growth come about
1: yeah i think that's i think that's just the way that like you know, I, I'm, I'm an Instagram business basically, you know, cause yeah. everything is really done through Instagram for me. Um, and I think it was just friends sharing stuff that I was making and things like that. It gets, you know, two people out, three people out. And mm-hmm. eventually it's someone who, if I tried to look at their followers, I couldn't figure out who they know that I know, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it definitely was a, a small circle that grew bigger and bigger out to random people.
0: Okay. And you're still in that process, right? Just focusing a lot more on product and yes, yeah, systemizing maybe the, uh, the relationship or communication that you have with the client, but still your product focused hundred percent, right? Like yeah, you're not at a stage I, where you're focusing on, on a lot of growth or anything like that.
1: Yeah, definitely. I I realized really quickly that if I tried to focus on like how to grow as a business or how to get more sales or how to get more people to come, that I would get in like depressive states about it and be very focused on Instagram as opposed to like I need to make a new product or like, I have an idea for something to make. And I just wouldn't make it because I was so focused on like, what could I do next for this? So -hmm. the more I put that in the back of the mind, the better it goes for me.
0: Mm -hmm. Awesome. No. And and I love, I love that you're, you're handling that way because I mean, you've, you've done pretty much everything right so far, you know, that people (laughs) don't get right yeah <laughs> uh, people people Fair usually life. start prioritizing the business aspect of it or they they worry too much about marketing without worrying too much about products so their product sucks and they don't really have anything going on i think that what you're doing is that something that people if they want to start any creative business whatsoever they have to go from the get-go, and that is dude is my product awesome or is yeah. it or or is it isn't it you know
1: yeah I think that I just I got really lucky when I really started as my own business, which was after the handbag uh, place and then started working for myself with the rugs originally. And I ended up just having a product that was pretty scarce in the market mm-hmm. at the time mm-hmm. and just overall like a cool thing. Like everyone wants something customized and especially you know, when it's in their house, they get to show it off and stuff like that. Um, so I think I got lucky with that and then also was focusing on getting the best product possible. So it kind of mixed together really well.
0: Mm-hmm. uh the what what have you noticed that your clients are the thing uh, what what's what sort of clients do you have mostly is it younger people is it older people
1: um honestly it's like a perfect a mix. mix of just everyone like mm-hmm. all walks of life people just they all want stuff you know everybody wants uh-huh. something cool for their house so originally it was definitely like you know younger people my age a lot of like friends of friends so people in similar circles to me mm-hmm. and now you know there's random people i ship like you know, all across the world. So I'll get someone who has no connection to me, age, friend group, anything like, you know, in another country or whatever, you yeah. know, like you found me and like, we, we didn't only have clothing in common or whatever, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. And where, where is, where do you th- see yourself expanding at this particular moment in time? Do you see yourself uh going to uh I don't know, focusing on different products, maybe doing more fashion, doing, I don't know, something else? Or do you see yourself just focusing on uh, carpets and knitwear and just expanding from there?
1: Uh, Right now, I'm very enamored by knitwear in general. Mm -hmm. Um, It was, I was doing nothing but rugs all throughout quarantine. Like every single day I'd wake up, I'd work at 10, I'd work until at least 10 p.m. every day. And I just made like tons of them, you know, all throughout that time. Um, I wasn't taking breaks. I wasn't doing anything. So I got very burnt out on them. And I was like, I never want to make another rug again. And I was only in that that you know feeling for like a week or so or whatever. But in my mind, I knew I needed another creative outlet at that point. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of searching around, like playing with things. And then when I found like the knitwear stuff, it felt really good. It felt mm-hmm. how I felt when I started doing rugs. And that feeling hasn't gone away yet. So maybe I'm not jaded from it. But I've definitely just been very enamored by knitwear and I see myself doing a lot with that. At least I hope. Okay. If and people what- like it.
0: Well, i mean obviously they they are so that's yeah. <laughs> you know that's uh uh but that, that's amazing and, and I, I know i know what you mean now uh, i'm very curious about what about knitwear are you so fascinated about like because i'm not i mean i'm not i don't know anything mm-hmm. about knitwear so what are you more a detail and texture focused uh, creator or mm-hmm. are you more a, a message focused what, what what sort of
1: um i think you're you, you got yourself? it the nail on the head, pretty good with the detail and texture. I don't think I would have came up with that wording myself. Uh Um, so I'm glad you said that, but you're definitely right there. Um, I've been like super passionate about clothes since at least high school. And, uh, I think using yarn constantly for the rugs, I started expanding out and trying to use like nicer yarn with interesting textures and interesting, uh, characteristics to them. Mm -hmm. And I just like amassed this knowledge for that which then led into, oh, what would these look like knit up and things like that. And I just started, honestly, when winter came around this year specifically, I started looking into knit sweaters a bunch and I couldn't find the exact one I wanted was this random vintage sweater. I couldn't find it for sale anywhere. And it finally clicked that I should just be able to figure out how to make it. Mm -hmm. And I haven't yet, but that's my goal right now is is to remake this sweater for myself. So I think I kind of just pushed myself into it by accident Mm -hmm. and then fell in love when I, you know, I saw what, could be done with
0: it. Amazing. And do you think your clients like that about your product? Have, do, do you have any sort of certainty on that or just, or it's just.
1: I, I think people, it depends. Cause I think a lot of people will see a product and go, this is cool and not mm-hmm. really look much deeper into it. Of course, especially um, online. Yeah. Yeah. Especially on you know, it's an Instagram photo. There's five photos of it. It's very hard to, you know, get across how soft it is or how the fuzz on it is so perfect, you know, the hair looks great or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I do think when I have a conversation with a client, especially when they're getting something entirely custom, they can really see what I have in mind and and why it matters that I'm doing it instead of someone else, I guess, you know, like that I care about the details in it and and really want them to get the best thing possible. Mm
0: -hmm. Awesome. I love it. I love it. And when it comes to your creative process, uh, do you like, how do you, um, when you when you're developing a product, do you use the quality and the texture of what you're creating in order to quantify if it's a good product or not? Um if, is that is that what is that your inspiration?
1: Uh honestly, if I love it, I am like, then it's good. It's a product. If I don't okay. love it, I don't want to sell it. So there's like definitely more to it than just the texture or whatever. The quality is obviously the most important, but like, you know, it could be the worst shaped sweater, but made perfectly. And I'm not going to want to sell it because I'm not. I don't like how it fits. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So there's, if it fits what I want, then I will sell it. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. the beanies, which are like, probably like one of the best selling things that I've done. Uh, I wanted a nice beanie and that's how I ended up with them. And then I wanted a nice beanie with a cool picture on the front of it. And that's how I made a (laughs) duck beanie. And then, you know, like from there it all develops and and that's, yeah, I, you know, I wouldn't sell it if I wouldn't want to wear it. That's awesome.
0: No, I'm asking you all these uh, sort of detail oriented questions because of As a creator myself, I'm always, I'm always trying to understand I'm, and as I said at the beginning, and I'm sure that a lot of people in the audience are like this as well. I'm interested in hearing about, you know, the little details about people's uh, Mm -hmm. sort of journey and both creatively and business aspects so that I can relate myself to them
1: in any other way.
0: You know, maybe you're detail oriented, and then somebody in the audience is detail oriented. So, Hey, I'm Mm -hmm. like that, but I didn't know that I was like that, but now I know at least I can go in that direction or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so that's why I'm being a little bit focused on, on sort of the details. Now, where do you want to go when it comes to growth? And then from, from the, from the business, do you see yourself? Are you like, are you happy where you at? Do you want to still do something personalized? Do you want to have something that's a lot more scalable? Like what, where do you see going from
1: here? Uh, I'm somewhere in the middle. I, Uh I definitely want to scale up a lot. But the problem is I still really want to keep my hands on everything that happens. Mm -hmm. So like, I'll have a lot of people like, Oh, like, why don't you send your pattern to the factory and have them knit up, you know, a bunch of the sweaters for you or something. But it's just like, it just doesn't feel like I'm doing a ton at that point. And like, I just, I feel like what separates me, maybe not what separates me, but what is like a very defining thing in me is that I like to have done it. I like to be the one that made it. I like to know every little piece or every little aspect of the piece, I should say, mm-hmm. and like know how it was done and know why I did it that way and things like that. And I'm just I'm afraid of losing that by scaling. But obviously I would like to be something larger and something more sustainable, you know, mm-hmm. something very steady. Where right now it's like, you know, I get a I get a few orders, I get a few orders, whatever, you know, it, it it cycles around.
0: Right. And at this particular moment in time, is it you and yourself doing everything or do you have employees? Do you have a business partner?
1: All me me.
0: Wow. Have you thought about getting a business partner to sort of handle that sort of aspect and maybe like investors or something?
1: Um, I'm definitely open to it. It's hard when like mostly what I'm doing is commissions to, you know, bring in an investor because it's like, I don't know if they have much to add besides funding at that point. Um, But definitely when I'm doing things that are personal projects or things that I would release say just under my name, you know, a bunch of sweaters or something that have nothing to do with a a commission or an order. Mm -hmm. I think it's definitely not a bad idea. If someone wants to invest and they're listening, send me a message for sure, Um, (laughs) but no, I've had some sour times working with business partners before, so I'm not like actively seeking it out, but I'm never against the idea. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean?
0: Awesome. Yeah, and I'm guessing those uh those sour moments were because again of that that sort of difference between you know quality of the product, scalability of, yeah, of the business,
1: right? Yeah, 100%. We don't need to put dirt on any names or anything. Yeah, you are yeah, you're, you're you're definitely right there.
0: Yeah. I mean it, it, that that always happens. That always course, it's, it's yeah. such it's such a common thing. Uh, that happened. That I mean that didn't really happen to me at the beginning because the first mm-hmm. the first fashion brand that I started was like five years ago or six years ago mm-hmm. or something like that. I'm not a technical person, uh, so I I had a, a design that I partner up with, and yeah, we had we had a lot of difference that we have. So that's why I'm I'm familiar with that thing. But you know, what I love about about your story is that not only the product is incredible, but it really comes to show that you don't have to know about so many different things to, you know, be to live off something like this. For sure. You know, you don't need to know about marketing. You don't need to know about business. You don't need to know about sales. You don't need to know about operations. You don't even have to worry about Instagram. Just focus on the product first. And that's the fun yeah. thing anyways, you know, yeah, for most out there. Yeah. Uh, did you, did you sort of have, um, Wait, when you start, and it's, it's cause it's, it's funny because I I relate to your story in so many different ways yeah. uh, that I'm guessing that you were just like doing it for the fun of it. And then people started hearing about it and then more people started hearing about it. And they're like, Oh, maybe I posted this on Instagram and it started working. Exactly. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, um, it's really funny because like, I've always been doing things, but I haven't always been selling things. Like I grew up, like my parents were always like building stuff for our house or whatever. So like I had that like in me and it like never clicked you know how people always go, Oh, I like, I do this because I have to. Yeah. It didn't click until very recently. I was talking to my girlfriend and I was like, Oh, I realize I'm one of those people. Like I'm a, i am I do this because I have to. So like, even when I used to work at uh, trader Joe's, which is a grocery store here, like I was working five days a week and I would just still come home and be like, I want to make something or like, I have to make something, you know? And it's definitely like, just make stuff. Just everyone needs to just make stuff. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And, and of course, I mean, and I think also something that happens is that, you know, you have a lot of high expectations from yourself, mm-hmm. especially as a creator. I mean, it's, it's very rare for, to find creators that are uh, And I don't know if it applies to you. They're so confident in who they are and what they're creating that they either don't get insecure and don't do anything, or they doubt themselves when they actually start su- su- succeeding mm-hmm. in any sort of way. And they just sabotage themselves.
1: Yeah, I definitely, uh, like confidence is very easy to fake online, you know? So like, I, I love to put out like the extreme, the most extreme version of myself online, uh, especially because it's Instagram. So like, I am still like very much tied into what I do. It's not mm-hmm. just a bunch of products. Um, but obviously behind the screen, I'm like super stressed about a million things all the time. But it's like, as long as you, I think as long as you commit and like really use your head and like work through problems instead of panicking, I think most people can make it through a field mm-hmm. like this.
0: Awesome. And, and what what would you like if you had like money wasn't an issue, the business aspect wasn't an issue, clients weren't an issue, what would you be creating? If confidence think, wasn't an issue, like what's like the, the the one thing that came to your mind when I said it?
1: I mean, just I would, I think I would continue this and just like, I wouldn't be taking commissions, I think. And I think I would be putting out just the craziest ideas that come to my head and just seeing what happens.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you mean by craziest?
1: Oh, you're pushing me here. Um, I don't know, man. I really don't. I I really like to make my ideas happen. So I've done a lot of like what comes to mind. I like really do try to make space for myself to do the things that I want. Um, I don't know. I guess I would be collaborating with more people. Like I have a a really close friend named Eric Payne who does shoes. Mm -hmm. And we've like in the background been working on shoes together. I've been like making rugs that are being turned into shoes and stuff like that. And I guess I would be focusing on just like really out there projects that haven't been done before, like more stuff like that, I guess, or very, uh, technically advanced projects. I don't really know Mm -hmm. really interesting stuff, I guess.
0: Mm -hmm. Awesome. And if you had to give yourself or, or some fellow designers in the audience advice on developing product, what,
1: what would you say? Um, I mean, first of all, just make it don't stress too much about getting it exactly like it needs to be the first time make it see what you like see what you don't like and then make it again and then if that's not right make it again and just keep trying because eventually you will break through that wall I think it's really easy to get stuck behind you know a product that's not perfect like I mean even those beanies like the first one I made didn't fit a human head and then the second one that I made was you know a foot long on top of my head so like it just takes a while to get everything right and just don't be discouraged by that
0: awesome and what would be the biggest business advice that you give somebody in the audience listening
1: do the math 10 times figure out make sure you're making a profit on what you're doing before you sell it at a certain price <laughs> i've uh, i've played myself many a times on that end tell us about it what's the what's the horror story i've just uh not planned properly i haven't done the math right or i rushed it or something like especially with the rugs i don't operate in, in insane margins you know so like i would run out of supplies halfway through and then spend a bunch of the profit that i have ordering more supplies and then not have calculated properly for shipping and just all these little things that are like you know being just a random person starting a business you don't necessarily think about and kind of have to i learned through trial and error i guess business school helps people with stuff like that but you'll get there through trial and error not
0: really dude like not really. yeah. <laughs> business school teaches you about as you said accounting finance and how to you manage go, yeah. something but when you're starting out and nothing makes sense and everything is just, oh yeah, I'm doing this because that's what the client told me and I have no idea what I'm doing. That yeah. you don't you don't really teach that. You learn it along the way. Yeah, uh, for sure. Was it would you say that it's mostly was it mostly a pricing issue that you were you were charging too little?
1: Uh pricing on top of just not uh, estimating my materials, I guess. So it would be mm-hmm. like, I would definitely, I was not making very much money but i was also it was during the quarantine so people weren't working anyway so i was home all day so it was like at least i'm doing something you know like i had been unemployed before so it was like i have something going on for me which is cool it's better than nothing Mm -hmm. and then slowly it like i was able to raise my prices and then i was able to estimate my materials better and you know calculate everything that needs to be done and and get my margins to where Mm -hmm. you know was sustainable um but I mean, I think everyone would get there eventually. So you kind of have to burn yourself a few times.
0: That's what I mean. Like people, and, and, and because it's it's an emotional sort of, it's not really an intellectual um, sort of learning curve. Because I mean, you can read all the books that you want and it's very easy yeah. to say, yeah, you know, charge more money. It's four words, Yeah. you know, but actually doing it, you have to mess it up because at the beginning it's like, oh, I'm not very confident about what I'm doing. Are mm-hmm. people, I love it. So, I love doing this so much. I would do it for free. Why would people pay for it? You know, all those yeah, things 100%. that naturally will just be like, oh, I'll just charge you like, I don't know, hundred bucks for this, whatever. That's a exactly, hundred more than yeah. I charge anybody, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but then all of these issues come and then you you start putting into your own money. Uh, was that sort of the process that you have to go
1: through as well? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you, you watch it develop from like a hobby where you were like, exactly like you said, like, oh, I guess, you know, I'll do it for a hundred bucks or whatever. And you don't think about the complexities that go into that. And it slowly develops and you start to realize like this is the baseline of something for it to be profitable. And then I need to take in all of the other uh, variables, you know, especially cause it's a commission. So it's like every single piece that I end up doing is very distinctly different from the last. So it's like, you kind of get it. I mean, especially with me, I don't know necessarily about other stuff, but I get an intuition for like what each job will cost now. So when someone sends me the reference image and they let me know the size and the shape and then this and the, that that they want, mm-hmm. I can kind of get an idea in my mind and then, after we go over that, like I'll sit down and really do the math and like figure everything out. That's actually, you know, the solid numbers.
0: Mm -hmm. Awesome. And along your, your process was there or, or your, your brand's growth, was there like an event in time that like really made you feel confident? Like, Oh, this is going somewhere. Like, you know, maybe a a collaboration or a, a celebrity client Or was there a certain event that made you like realize, oh, this is actually going somewhere? Or was it all very slow
1: and very progressive? Um, It was, yeah, it was pretty progressive. It was pretty much like a straight incline up. It was like, really, like I said, like during quarantine here is when I like really locked in and was like, let's see if I can manage this. And if not, I'll get a job doing something. I love. And it was, yeah, it was (laughs) very lucky for that. But, um, you know, I was in a good position, thankfully, to like, try that and to be able to succeed in it. But it was very much like, let me see if someone wants to buy this. And then someone wanted to buy it. And then someone wanted their own one of this. And, you know, it like, just slowly built up from that. in like a really steady slope, which I'm super thankful for. Yeah.
0: And I mean, and, and that's the that's how to, it sort of happens. in to most people, you know, because yeah. people see like, success stories, like, I don't know, Anti-social social club or yeah. something like you know that's brands that just blow up out of nowhere due to like a certain event, but it's usually mm-hmm. very slow, very progressive, sort of like when you sort of the, the, the direction that you're going. Yeah. I mean, eventually those sort of opportunities are gonna present themselves to you because your product is incredible. And if if that that's there, then those opportunities will happen to you. But people have this sort of expectation that oh, if dude, if I'm not getting like a a model to where my brand and yeah. brand my is going nowhere, you know?
1: No, yeah. I definitely felt like that. Uh, when I was younger, for sure, where it's like, Oh, if I can get X person with a blue check, it's going to help so much. And like, now, like I do have that, like I have a clientele that are like that. And like, it definitely helps, but it's not, you know, if you don't have the basis, if you're not having like the best product already, or like the best direction, I mean, not the best, but you know, like very good, a very, like a product you can really, a much consistent. Like- a consistency. Oh, yeah, there you no. go. Yeah. yeah. Like a, a very consistent, good product. Like that doesn't do anything. Like I've seen, cause I was very in tune with like, especially the streetwear stuff, like you're saying, like growing up and it was like, you would see like the random person's streetwear brand get worn by X person. And like, it would blow up for like a month a year, or two. Yeah. And then it was like, yeah, like what, where are they? You know, like what, yeah. like there was no, there was no basis to it. There was no like value system under all of that. So it was like, it was just really cool for that time and now it's gone. And I think like to have longe- longevity, you really have to like build on something. There needs to be something at its core.
0: Again, going back to the whole, and I, I know we said it already, but I mean, that's, that's a good thing. If, if people are gonna learn anything from this episode is I mean, product ma- matters and it yeah. not only matters, it's the most important thing. Like you can have incredible marketing, you can have 11, incredible PR, you can have incredible, I don't know, business acumen, But if your product is not good, it might go well for a year, it might go well for six months, it might go well for three months, but eventually things are going to just blow off and just disappear because that's the nature of the industry that we're in.
1: Yeah. And then like, I even think about it, it's like, if the, like, say they don't have a good product, but it's going good forever. It's like, well, you're going good. Like make a better product now. Like, you know, know, like, what are you doing it for? If not?
0: Exactly. And, 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 that's, that's, and people that's, that's really good news Cause I yeah. mean, if, if you're an artist, what better than to focus on your art?
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: You know, not on the business aspect of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, what's helped me a lot was not trying to be a business before I needed to be a business, I guess. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. That's awesome, Bailey. Now, uh, before we wrap this whole thing out, uh, I do want to ask you on a couple of more tough questions. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh. It's one that I ask all my guests and I always warn them to, if they have to stop and think about it for a while, they can take the time that you need.
1: It better uh, not be about my taxes, man. I'm telling it you. It won't, I can't be about, it won't be about your taxes. It won't be,
0: I did. I did tell you before the call. I, wanted, I want to get into the taxes. I'm wanting to, but I won't.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, and that would be, if you could go back to, you know, when, maybe just pick a pick a day and random day and time in your life. Uh, what would be the best piece of advice that you'd give yourself and why?
1: Oh, I don't even have to think about that. I like, I already know that one for sure. I think it's, it's, I mean, we pretty much just had a really good conversation about it, but it's like, do not worry about what other people are making and don't, did you want me to say the day like when I would be or no, I didn't know, Mm -hmm. but either way, younger self, do not worry about what everyone else is making. Do not focus on who's getting it and who's not getting it. Like just make what feels right and make it the best you can. That's Mm -hmm. like all that matters to me.
0: That's awesome. And, and and it's funny, do you think that and maybe you've thought about this question before, but do you think that good product is a cause of selfishness as an artist? Oh, yeah. No, I'm like,
1: especially It's funny, my, right? Yeah, like, I don't, uh, I try not to, like, you know, get arrogant about it and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But like, I, I love my product. I'm very, like, you know, I'm in love with everything that I do. So it's like, obviously, like, I really care about it. And if I didn't care about it, I wouldn't do it, you know. Mm-hmm. So when you can do it in a way that you love it. Like you're going to be good.
0: And, and, and I find that fascinating because I mean, creative industries are all about, Oh, help these, help other people, help Mm -hmm. the society, help everything. But when you come to the, when you start nailing down into the basics of everything, which is product and you talk with people that are creating incredible products, it's all about I, I love this. I love creating for them. Maybe I love creating for them, but it's about what I want to do.
1: Yeah. And, and that's, that's when, what, cre-
0: and that's what creates incredible things.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's like, yeah, at the end of the day, like I'm really happy that, that you're happy with your product, but like, I'm happy that I know that I made the product. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Uh, that's anyway. awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> well, Bailey, man, really good conversation. I mean, yeah, you, you can tell, you can tell I'm not used to having uh, like sort of creative uh, aspect of conversation. I try to rationalize everything and think for about it. Sure no, I appreciate you know, that to, though. Yeah. Uh, but man, I, I love this. I love this. Yeah. I think I think your product is amazing. Obviously, I've said it a hundred times. I think that your story is the perfect example of how somebody starting out should do it. Uh, when it comes to expectations, when it comes to honesty and who they are and what they design, when it comes to goals. So man, I'm very I'm very happy to have you here and I'm very excited to see what other things you got you got coming up next because uh I mean, it's just a matter of time now.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you. I didn't think anyone would want to talk to me ever about anything and I love to talk. So I like, I really appreciate it. And like jokes aside. Yeah. Thank you so much.
0: <laughs> it's my pleasure, man. I'll let you know who I won the, uh, the hair competition by the way.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. We'll do a if it. If I win it, if
0: I don't win it, I won't, I won't, I won't contact, I won't yeah, contact if, you ever again. <laughs> <laughs> if you win it, I'll send you like
1: a beanie or something.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, Bailey, thanks for the chat, my man.
1: Yeah, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
0: If you want to learn even more about how you can start your own fashion brand, Make sure you follow me on YouTube at Esteban Julian. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the future of fashion business. Make sure you subscribe to listen to our future episodes.